Well, uh, as I was sitting there pondering, I want to let you know that a little bit of what certainly my sense is that the Lord is doing and here um, among us and in us and with us. I do think there's a move towards holiness and purity. We always have to remember who that comes from. We, we cannot create holiness independent of the Holy One. It comes from Him. Our holiness is not satisfactory. Independent, man-made holiness. If that was good enough, then Jesus wouldn't have had to come. So there is a movement there. And then something else, you know, in, in worship. The Lord just continually speaks to us about being spontaneous and creative in worship and in uh, praise and in our connection with Him, even on Sunday morning. And uh, the analogy that he gave, he gave it to Brother Don Wheeler. Hello, Don. Sitting right here. Was, how many of you are married? Raise your hand. Remember how awesome it was when you told your spouse that, okay, what we're going to do tonight at 5, we're going to go have dinner. Well, we're going to get in the car. We're going to go to dinner. We're going to eat dinner. Come home. And then we're going to uh, read a, a poem, you know, a love story. We're going to read that. And then um, after that, then I'll kiss you. And then from there, we'll just be intimate. should be about 6.15. Remember how awesome that was? So uh, in the same way, the Lord likes spontaneity, creativity, intimacy, passion, desire. We want to meet with Him. That's why He rebuked us about our... <laughs> remember when He said, I was at Los Tapatios, and He said, I want to transform people's lives, so let me. And then He said, but you guys have to get rid of your routine mindsets. Sunday morning mindsets. We're just here to do our thing. Three songs and then let's play a video and then Brother Steve will share. And No, let's be spontaneous. Let's be creative and flow with the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen. And that's what we've been doing. Go ahead and give God praise. I, I like what He's doing. I like it. So, hey, we're going to eat together this week. First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3. We're going to eat the Word together. You can share that with us, uh, your observations, your love letter at staff at gracechurch.community. We've been talking about the centrality of Jesus for over two years. And uh, <laughs> He was serious about getting back to focusing on Him. And uh, Jesus taught and modeled for us truth. God is our Father. The kingdom is accessible. Uh, regeneration, obedience from the heart. And then he came introducing and delivering to us, teaching about, talking about the Holy Spirit. And in talking about the Holy Spirit all summer long, we have gotten into some of his descriptions of his governing functions and titles. The first one was the anointing. Everybody say the anointing. And now today, like I was saying earlier, I think there's a movement of the Lord towards holiness and purity. So today, we're going to look at this one, the Spirit of Holiness. We can get to know the Holy Spirit better through some of His governing functions, biblical descriptions, the anointing, looked at that, the Spirit of Holiness. Um, it's basically, the Holy Spirit came to Pentecost in that upper room to birth the church, and He has remained 
to do the work of Christ that ever since then. He's never left. So if you're singing songs about, Holy Spirit, please come down. He's already here and He never left. Alright? And so He's remained here to do the work of Christ, to fill us with Himself, to lead us, guide us, and sanctify us. That's part of it. He does a sanctifying work. Now, it sounds almost common sense to Holy Spirit. One of His other names is the Spirit of Holiness. But there's a reason that Paul brought emphasis to that, that one of the roles of the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of Holiness. I'll take you back to John 16, 7. Imagine Jesus saying, it's better that I go away. Because I'm going to send another helper to you. The, the one you see in me. Remember he told him in John 14, he's with you now, but he'll be inside you. So this other helper, there's only two uses for the word another, if you studied this out in the New Testament. Another meaning something different, or another meaning of the same exact kind. And that's the use uh, of the word that Jesus used there. I'm going to give you this Uh, another helper or comforter depending on your translation but he's talking about the Holy Spirit meaning one just like the one I have and it's better because he won't be next to you he'll actually take up residence in your heart now how many of you know heart's where it's at in the new covenant your motive is everything Jesus said you know people cast out demons and prophesied in his name and did all these works he said depart from me I never knew you It's all about your heart and your motive. It's not just about doing religious looking things. You must be born anew and born again. And so He's going to come and dwell in your hearts. And this is part of the role of the Holy Spirit. So what stops Him from ruling and reigning? Because the Lord is the Spirit. 2 Corinthians 3.17 And where the Spirit of the Lord is lording, There's liberty. So what prevents Him from taking over? Are you ready? It's profound. We do. The kingdom of self is the biggest opposition to the kingdom of God. Now here's the thing. You're made in God's image so you are a little sovereign. You can self-govern. You can choose, I'm going to do it as Sinatra said, my way. You can do that. It's a bad idea. Fortunately, in the midst of our, our darkness, light dawned, Matthew chapter 4, verse 15 and 16, and Jesus showed up as the way, the truth, and the life that we're to live, that's to be expressed in and through us. So thank, thank God for Him. Um, but we can oppose, you know, self-governing opposes God-governing. And we're actually created as branches to derive our life from Him, our instruction from Him. And so the Spirit of holiness, one of the, one of the roles here of the Holy Spirit is, to, is really God in action inside of you. He's at work in you, sanctifying you and conforming you to His image. Look at Hebrews 10, 14. For by one offering Christ has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. Seem like a contradiction? He's perfected forever those who are in process of being made holy. So if you study it out, the word perfected just means He's completed it already. 
It's like the, the word tell us something, but it's the end of the telescope. You unfold it until it stretches out this way. It's the very end. He's already completed this work in all of the people that he is making holy. And how's he do it? By the spirit of holiness. Our world needs to see the sons and daughters of God. They need to see a level of purity and holiness and victory and overcoming that bears witness that there is a better way to live than what CNN and ABC are putting out. And all the sitcoms you can imagine. It's it's a tragedy. It really is. And the more and more that we're yielded to the spirit of holiness, more and more... We come out of the world and don't look like the world and we get to change the world and still the world changing the church all the time. We need daily fellowship with the Holy Spirit so He can reveal what's been done. What's, what's already been brought to completion. If you don't know the Holy Spirit, you don't know that you're already a completed work seated in heavenly places. So He shows you what's already yours. He shows you what's already been done. What Christ has already completed. He shows you yourself. Amen. He shows you spirit, soul, and body. Okay, Your spirit is what's been completed so that you can begin to walk in the reality of what He's already done with your soul and your body. Those who live by the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. Your spirit has been made perfect. Hebrews says that as well. The the spirits of just men made perfect. When I saw, we were studying the anointing, and I saw that gallon and a half of anointing oil. Remember in the Old Testament, it's just a shadow. But that gallon and a half, I'm, I'm, I'm tempted to bring a jug. I think about it every week. I pour a gallon and a half of oil God-ordained anointing oil built just the way he described it on Mark's head. How many of you know that would get his attention? It should. It should mean something. But he's got more than just oil. He's got Christ, the anointed one, in him. God's plan all along was to anoint Mark with the anointed one. And when I saw all that oil, I saw how holy you are. I see how His you are. He marked you. You know the difference between a slave and a son? Inheritance. You know who the inheritance is? The Holy Ghost. Ephesians chapter 1. Verse 13 and 14. We're, We're markedly different than the world. We're not just slaves hoping to please God. I love the parable of the prodigal son. Because he's practicing his speech coming home. Just make me a slave and put me in the bunkhouse with everybody else. Remember the son, the older brother? He's coming home thinking, I could never be a son. I'm not good enough to be a son. And the father wanted nothing to do with that idea. If I want more slaves, I'll make more angels. I don't need more just mandatory servants. I want you to receive me and walk with me as father and son. One of the greatest parables in all of scripture because he won't settle for slaves he wants sons of his kind that bear witness of him well the inheritance that you're receiving as a son as a joint heir with jesus christ is the holy spirit on the inside of you and i saw that anointing oil 
begin on the head, and then it went to your ears, it went to your eyes, it went to your mouth, went to your shoulders, went to your heart, went to your loins, went to your feet. I mean, I was quickened. That's the spirit of holiness. Why? Because He wants to sanctify, for God's use, your thought life. He wants to set apart, for God's use, your eyes. He wants to set apart and saturate, for His use, your ears. One of our biggest problems is we think our life is ours. You, you still think God works for you. That was not in my notes, but that is so true. <laughs> we do. We think He works for us. That it's my life and I'm adding God to it. You are dead. And your life is hidden with Christ in God. Colossians chapter 3, verse 3. Galatians 2.20, it's no longer you that live, it's Christ that lives in you and as you and through you. Amen. And the life you now live, you live by faith, the faith of the Son of God, right? And loved Him, loved uh, you and gave Himself up for you. I'm turning there. And then verse 21, man, He reminded me of this. I do not set aside the grace of God. For if righteousness comes through what I do, then Christ died in vain. We died when Christ died, everybody. And now you're set apart as His own. Look at Romans chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, a bondservant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated to the gospel of God. Everybody say separated. We're all separated. That's what the anointing means. You're set apart. You're His. Separated to the gospel of God, which He promised before through His prophets in the Holy Scriptures. I I just feel like the Lord is prompting me to... To let you know, religion has made a mint off of separation theology and that your life is still yours. I'm not even sure what percentage, but there's a great deal of the body of Christ in this country who still don't know that Jesus lives in them. And because they don't know about union, 1 Corinthians 6.17, whoever's joined to the Lord is one spirit with Him. They live separate lives. And they, they dance the dance. They try to do stuff so they can get blessed. If they do it wrong, they're going to get cursed. You're in union with Him. Once you have the Holy Spirit, your inheritance, He'll abide with you forever. Forever. Well, what about when I mess up? Well, how do you think you knew you messed up? Because before Him, you didn't care. My goodness. So simple. All right, carry on. Verse 3, concerning His Son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who was born of the seed of David according to the flesh and declared to be the Son of God with power. That's dunamis, Holy Ghost power, according to the Spirit of holiness by the resurrection from the dead. The Spirit of holiness is so powerful it can raise Christ from the dead. I think it can sanctify you. Verse 5, through Him we've received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith. You received grace for apostleship. Yeah, He's, he's talking about uh, Himself there in that regard. One of the functions He has. But how about grace for obedience? among whom you are the called of Jesus Christ. Dwayne Sheriff said, quote, 
Grace is God's power unto holiness. Well, we have misidentified grace, haven't we? People who tell me, well, it doesn't matter what you do. You don't understand the grace of God. Grace trains you in holiness. Grace protests every step of your self-destruction. It absolutely matters to God. He loves you. He doesn't want you out acting like a fool, destroying your marriage, your family, your business, your finances, whatever it may be, your health, your health. He cares about you. And grace trains you in godly living. Grace is always good news, right? But it's not cheap. Grace impels, meaning from within, it propels you, He propels you to holiness. Holiness was never meant to be a shameful reminder of what you ought to be doing, but a true privilege of discovering who Jesus is, walking with Him, and then becoming like Him. Wow. I'm going to say that again. Holiness was never to be a shameful reminder of what we ought to be doing, a true, but rather a true privilege of discovering how to walk with Jesus and become more and more like Him. If you want to be like Jesus, you need to be with Jesus. You spend time with Him. Amen. Is that right? First Thessalonians 4, 3 says, Your sanctification is God's will. I read that to you last week. Let me give you a couple of other ones that I didn't give you. First John 3, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. Therefore the world doesn't know us because it didn't know Him. Beloved, now we are children of God. It's not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when He's revealed, we'll be like Him, for we'll see Him as He is. Whoever has this hope in Him purifies himself because Christ is pure. What is He saying? He's saying that holiness is a person. And when you see Him, you want to be like Him. Holiness is not you trying not to lie all day. Come on, somebody. Holiness is you not trying to, holiness is not you trying hard not to mess up. Holiness is Him. And when you see Him, you want to be like Him. Whoever has this hope, when Christ is revealed, purifies himself because Christ is pure. I'm glad you've committed all day tomorrow not to tell a lie. But holiness is when you're committed to the one who is truth. And you allow Him to manifest. How about this? I I made a pledge all day that I wouldn't lie to my wife. Well, that's great. Do you think there might be something a little higher and holier than that? How about you manifest Christ to your wife? I'm glad you went all day and you finally didn't lie to her. Holiness is a person. Put Him on. Love her. Serve her. Give your life for her. Demonstrate Christ to her. You shallow holiness when you think it's just not doing something dumb. Come on, give Him praise in the house of God. Holiness is a person. When we see who He is, we want to be like Him. This has happened to me my whole life since I've known Christ. I see Him and I want to be like Him. There's something in me that says He is the answer. Not just to me, but to the whole world. To my children as well. He is the answer. Religion can't help you. I told you a month ago, Oklahoma, we lead the stats in church attendance and being Christian and all this religious stuff, but we're down here at the bottom of the barrel in real life statistics that matter. 
defeating drugs and homelessness and family uh, breakups and domestic violence and all those things. Why? Because religion doesn't work. It doesn't matter if you go to church. See, that's that false holiness stuff. Yay, I I made a point. I'm going to go to church. Good. Now let's get to know Christ and exude Him. Everywhere we go, that when they see you, they see Him. When they hear you at work, they hear Him. You are not here anymore. Christ lives in you, as you, through you. When is the world going to see Christ? He's speaking to the body of Christ. We had words this morning about helping the world, and rightfully so. But judgment begins in the house of God. When will we lay down our idols? When will we lay down our worldliness? We criticize the world. The world's going to world. Of course they're fascinated with homosexuality and uh, pedophilia and all these things. Of course they are. They're in darkness. But why is pornography as rampant in the church as it is in the world? Because we're not taking serious the anointing of the anointed one and the spirit of holiness. That his job is to purify for himself a people zealous to do good works. You say, I don't know, where do you get that? All right, glad you asked. Titus 2.11 It is the grace of God that brings salvation and has appeared to all men. Grace is a person teaching us what? To deny ungodliness. Grace teaches us to flee worldly lust and that we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in our present culture. Looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ who gave Himself for us, look at this, that He might redeem us, purchase us, make us His own, mark us with the anointing, mark us with Christ, give us the Holy Spirit. He redeems us from every lawless deed and look at this, He purifies for Himself His own special people zealous for good works. A house of kings, a house of priests. Amen? Everybody say, I'm anointed. Say, I'm called. Say, I'm way more than I thought I was. That's the truth. You house Christ. And even if you can't see it, darkness sees it. And they don't like you. Because the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives in you. Look at 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 15. But as He who called you is holy... You be holy in all your conduct because it's written, be holy for I'm holy. What's he saying? You've seen him. Holiness is him. You've seen him. Be like him. Second Corinthians 3.18, you put that in your notes. We behold as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. So when's the last time you looked in the mirror and saw the glory of God? Most of you are like, well, no, I just saw wrinkles. I'm a, I'm a little overweight. My hair is the wrong color. What? Stop living by the flesh. Second Corinthians five sixteen. From now on, we know no man after the flesh. That includes you. Look in the mirror and see the glory of God. Next time your spouse is in the mully grubs and say, "I'm no good. I'm terrible. I'm ugly." Wash them with the word. Speak the truth to them. Say, "I'm not putting up with that." When I look at you, I see the glory of God. So we behold as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. And when we do, we're transformed. Everybody say, we're transformed. Into His very own image. 
by the Holy Spirit. See, the Holy Spirit, aptly named, is the Spirit of holiness. It comes from Him. The glory of man is human effort. Flee it. You'll never be holy independent of Him. And if you ever arrive to the day that you think you are, you are self-righteous. Could you imagine? Well, that was it. I I went to church and I didn't tell a lie today. I must be righteous. That is vomit in God's mouth. Holiness comes from the Holy One. So, what am I saying? Holiness is not man-made. It's Christ-made. And that's the only holiness we have. And He's pretty good at being holy in and through you if you'll yield. Yield. Get up in the morning. Be with Him first. Somebody said, said the other day, an idol is the, the first thing that we're, we're doing. If we're just getting up and it's all about this thing or this person or whatever, it's an idol. He needs to be first place. Spend time with Him. You want to be like Jesus? Be with Jesus. It's called abiding. Sit with Him. Spend time with Him. Religion wants you focused on modifying your behavior, managing your sin. Christ wants you filled with Him, consumed with Him, madly in love with Him, empowered by Him, and loving others with His love. He wants to love you into loving And you say, well, I'm really short on love. I don't love people well. Then you're not receiving His love. He's not short on love for people. So let Him love you into loving. Well, I'm terrible at forgiving. I like to hold grudges. Well, A, I feel sorry for you because that's poison. Number two, let Him forgive you into forgiving. He's the vine, you're the branch. Whatever it is you think you lack, get it from Him. Not human effort. Romans 8, 7, They that are in the flesh cannot please God. Yikes. Hebrews 11, Without faith it's impossible to please God. Faith is receiving. Walking by the Spirit. John six sixty three. Jesus Himself said, The flesh profits nothing, but the, squ- the Spirit quickens you animates you, gives life to you. That's Romans 8, 11. He'll give life to your mortal body. He'll an- animate your mortal body. Galatians 3, 3, having begun in the Spirit, are you now going to be perfect by your flesh? Don't think so. Bottom line is, when you try to do holiness or be pure apart from Him, it is not pleasing. And I, I'm telling you the truth. Churches are full of people trying to please Him with independent self-effort and it's not pleasing. What pleases Him is you receive his, the gift of His Son, the gift of Himself. Receive Him and let Him be your life. That you become an expression of Almighty God and His glory. Does that make sense to you? The mystery of the Gospel, Colossians 1.27, is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Let me give you this. And I'll wrap up for today. Um, Philippians 2. This, this is such a great scripture. It goes with abide ways works. We talk about that a lot with discipling. If you abide in Christ, like you're, you live the reality of that connection, you fellowship with Him throughout the day. Um, what's Proverbs 3 say? In all your ways acknowledge Him. If you'll do that, 
you will start looking like him. Ways is a, is a byproduct of abiding. It's not like, well, I spent a whole year abiding and now I think I'll try ways. <laughs> if you'll just abide in him, live the reality of connection, John 15, you'll start looking like him. And then the more and more his character is formed within you, we'll start seeing his works flow through you. Abide ways works. Look at this. This is awesome. Philippians 2.12, Amplified. Therefore, my dear ones, as you've always obeyed my suggestions, so now, not only with the enthusiasm you would show in my presence, but much more because I'm absent, work out, cultivate, carry out to the goal, fully complete your own salvation with reverence and awe and trembling. So he doesn't say work for your salvation. He says work it out. And then fear and trembling, self-distrust. Serious caution, tenderness of conscience, watchfulness against temptation, timidly shrinking from what might, uh, I don't see part two on there. Yep, it's not there. Maybe this is it. Yes! (laughs) Don't shrink away from anything that might offend God or discredit the name of Christ. He is holy, and so are you. So are you. Verse 13, here's the key. Work out your salvation, do all those great things, but not in your own strength. For it is God who is all the while effectually at work in you, energizing you, creating in you the power and desire both to will and to work His good pleasure, His delight, and His satisfaction. Matt, you can go ahead and come. How about that? Some of you sit around and be like, God, are you ever going to do anything in my life? He's inside you, working to do His good pleasure. What are you doing? You need to be yielding. You need to be listening. You need to be obeying. (laughs) Well, I just wonder if God's ever going to, you know, move in my life. He's, He's in there every day. Not in your own strength, but know that God is in you, in Christ, energizing and creating the power and desire to willing to do His good pleasure. So what should we do? Let Him. Let Him. Start your day with this. Lord, good morning. Good morning. I yield to you. Man, slow your mind, people. Slow down. You say, well, I'm really rushed for work. Then get up sooner. Or B, don't care what you look like when you go to work. (laughs) Who are you trying to impress anyway? (laughs) I'm serious. (laughs) What? Hold on here. In self-righteousness, it'll always be us that has to maintain it. So you might have a good day. You might have a good moment. Right. But at some point, you're like, darn it. (laughs) Yep. I fell short. But look at this. God is maintaining our holiness. Amen. And how does he maintain our holiness? By being present within us. I, yeah, sanctification, I alluded to it earlier. How do you even know you misstepped? Because before you met Christ, you didn't care. So there's a spirit of holiness at work in you to conform you to the image of God's Son. So when you blow it, 
have you ever blown it and, and it was after the fact, you're like, oh my goodness, I shouldn't have done that. It wasn't even, you weren't cognizant of it. If you blow it, get up. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for revealing to me that is, that's not who I am and there's no joy in that. Thank you for that. But yeah, God is maintaining your holiness because he's present in you. It's like this, you ever seen a governor on a four-wheeler? You can only go a certain speed or whatever. The Holy Spirit is the governor. God put himself in you. As once you were a slave, this is Romans 6, 18, you once were a slave to sin. You did it, enjoyed it, etc. Now you're actually living with a bent towards holiness, righteousness. You're a slave of righteousness now. Because if you do something unrighteous, he calls you on it. Not with condemnation, like Stacy's word in Romans chapter 8, verse 1. He's not condemning you. He's encouraging you back to who you really are. Guys, the Lord is moving us as a church family towards holiness and purity. But it's not man-made. Okay? It comes through communion with Christ, spending time with Christ, abiding in the vine, being with Him, loving on Him, worshiping Him. We all love Sunday morning, but everything we do here, you can do privately with the Lord. You can worship Him. You can pray together. You can pick up the phone and call somebody and say, would you pray for me? Or how about this? May I pray for you? How's your day going today? Let's be good to each other, the household of faith, right? And let's walk this walk together because this is the journey we're on. Will you stand with me? Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen.